Here's what's coming up on today's show. It it is unique and I do try to educate as many other agents as I can and telling them you guys need to invest in our local market and you should be taking advantage of what we have going on here so you can do the same thing because I'm still a belief that anybody can do it. You just have to put in the time and the effort and the risk and it's worth it. estate agent, you may find it difficult handling the financial side of your professional and personal life. We're here to help. This is Agent Money, how top producers master their business and personal finances with certified financial planner, Jordan Kernut and fractional CFO, Michael Kilner. All right. So we're back with another episode of Agent Money. I'm Jordan Kernut, certified financial planner, as always, joined by my co-host, uh, Michael Kilner, outsourced CFO for real estate agents and real estate agent teams. Michael, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. Um, it's actually afternoon here. Oh, yeah. So, I forget. <laughs> very rainy April afternoon uh, over here on, on the other side of the country. Um, got, doing great. Gotta, it's good to see you. You've got to get over here because it is morning and the sun is out and it's going to be 80 degrees this weekend. Wow. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to the 80 degree weather in, in, in and around DC. When people call it a swamp, uh, they're calling it a swamp for multiple reasons. Um, <laughs> it's really swampy in the summer. So. Uh, I love it. Well, we are staying on the West Coast uh, with our guest this, uh, this week. Uh, we have Marie Pence um, out of Spokane, Washington. She's at Windermere North. Um, Marie, welcome to the Agent Money Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, so excited to have you on, um, you know, have heard your, your story a handful of times and so excited uh, for you to be able to share your progression um, with our listeners. So always just like to start from the top. So h- how did you get into real estate? Uh, you know, I kind of started in a unique way. I, uh, I was actually a police officer with the city of Spokane here for 10 years um, 1998 through 2008. And I met my husband there. He was a finance major at Eastern and was a cop as well, but had advised me. I had gotten divorced 26 years old and I had two young children and I was trying to figure out how I was going to buy a house and figure out what my next moves were. And at that time, there was a program in the nation that was a cop next door and teacher next door program through HUD. Mm-hmm. And if you bought one of the homes based off of what the price was of that home, if you were a teacher or a cop in Spokane, you were predominantly, it was picked in a, a revitalization neighborhood. So not the best of neighborhoods, but it's broken window theory where they're trying to fix up neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to buy a house at that time um, in a neighborhood here in Spokane for $34,000. And so, wow. and that was in 2001. Wow. So um, that allowed me to purchase a home and fix up the home. And the typical situation with broken theory, broken window theory worked. It's, you know, right next door, we had a meth lab initially um, mm. had some kind of um, not so savory neighbors. And when there's a police car parked out front, people don't want to be around that. So they leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it kind of worked out for me uh, in a couple of different ways. You have to live in the home for three years. And mm-hmm. by then I was more educated and making better money that I started buying more real estate. I'd learned from my husband before we were married 
about some other opportunities and buying multifamily, looking at duplexes or four unit buildings and trying to figure out what was going to be next for me. So I went from my single family home after the three year process and rented it out and bought my first duplex. Mm. Um, at that time, it was pretty affordable to buy real estate here. You know, we're working through, um, I think that was 2004. I think okay. I purchased a duplex at that time for 156000 And so I moved into one side and was fixing it up while the other side was being rented out. So now really I had two rentals. So I had a house that I was renting out that I bought that my house payment was only $312, but I was able to rent it out at that time for $750. And then the duplex, my payment went up to just over a thousand. I think it was a thousand six dollars a month at that time, 7% interest rates. And I rented out the other side for 750 Mm -hmm. as well. So my payment was obviously covered by what I had coming in for a passive income. Um, And you were still, you were a police officer still at this time? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. A police officer. Yeah. Um, so I, it just, the income during that time, there was a few things going on. Real estate was a lot more affordable. I was making enough money that I could save enough to put a down payment down at least once a year on a new property. Because at that time you only had to come up with 3,500 to $5,000 for the next property. Mm-hmm. And I was doing them as um, living in them. So I would move on to the next one and do a conventional loan for what I was living in. And so it allowed me to end up purchasing a few homes, a few duplexes by the time I left the police department in 2008. So, and then that was about the same time I married my husband in 2007. He also Mm -hmm. owned several rentals. And that was the time that of course we had our first recession, the market changed, Mm -hmm. everything kind of went kaput. And um, I had quit my career with the police department and at that time, I got into real estate mostly to look for good deals for us. That, um, the ideal situation was find some good deals, sell a few things to family and friends, have more children. We had two more children at that time and um, see what could happen. And because of that recession, it actually allowed us to do a lot of things. Even though I wasn't making the money from the police department, we were finding homes at that time whether they were uh, foreclosed upon or bank-owned homes that went back on the market, you could negotiate with. But we were buying homes at that time between sixty-five, seventy-five thousand dollars. Yeah, um, we were buying duplexes for under one hundred and fifty thousand, and we had a lender here that we worked with. That um, the way that we were structured, she advised us that we could each do ten conventional loans. And I had never heard of it. We were having a hard time trying to figure out financing because I'm new in real estate. I'm not making a lot of money yet. My husband has a great job still as a police officer, but the passive income from the other rentals was what kind of our income was showing as the bonus. But until she had shown us this option of us each having 10 conventional loans, we were really stressing stressing out about how we were going to continue doing what we were doing because we knew if we could just get past the next one, it was going to get us. So that's what ended up happening. We ended up each having 10 conventional loans on different duplexes and single family (laughs) homes. We ended up flipping a few of those single family homes. Okay. um, And we always used 1031 exchange funds. So Mm -hmm. it was great because when it was time to sell, we could sell 1031 into the next um, investment, whatever it might be. And then mm-hmm. in 2011, I believe 10 or 11, 
we bought our first like just vacant lot to build on. Mm -hmm. And so with that, again, in revitalization neighborhoods in Spokane, you could pick up a lot like that for $40,000, $45,000. And you had 10 years with no taxes. Mm-hmm. You could develop the lot into up to four units. And so um, my husband and I just figured out a way that we could make it work to where instead of building a duplex, we could build a four unit and um, started doing that. We ended up kind of dominating a certain neighborhood where we were finding a lot of those. And a lot Mm -hmm. of agents didn't know what they were. They didn't realize the worth of those and they weren't, it wasn't as demand at that time for multifamily units. Yeah. So it really helped us because we could pick up five or six lots within that neighborhood and build those four units on and have that again, incoming income. So it was huge. Yeah, that niche knowledge base that not everyone had. So where you, yeah. someone else maybe saw not so great of an opportunity to you, that was an awesome lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's We learned a lot with it. We didn't have anybody mentor guide us in this process. My husband, mm. super savvy. And again, a finance major. So for him, he always could see the numbers, but we learned a lot because there were certain things that would happen that during the process, all of a sudden we have the city of Spokane advising us. Well, now that you bought the lot and you're building on it, you also get to pave all these alleys Mm -hmm. and you also get to do some pre-development and there were some expensive mistakes in there that we got to learn from. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, the numbers were so good on our side and everything was capping like 15% or more. Wow! And because we were building it ourselves and finding the subs to come in and help us and keep on and still retain to this day as employees. Mm -hmm. Um, They were very loyal to us and we were very loyal to them and would take care of us so that each project we'd move on to the next and move on to the next and helped get us to where we are today. Yeah. You have such an interesting um, uh, transition into real estate. And most of these conversations that we're having, you know, the the progression is I, I became a real estate agent. Then I began to see the power of real estate investing and then went and got, became an investor you were yep. the the inverse of that. So you started out on the investment side and really then transitioned um, into being an agent from there. Um, and yep. very much from there have grown a successful real estate agent business along, along with your uh, real estate investing that you've done. So looking forward to hearing more about that in a, in a little bit, but so cool to hear, uh, you know, you have a little bit different intro than, than we usually see. Yeah. It, it, it definitely wasn't the plan. Um, and I think, you know, everybody has what their plans are going to be when they get into real estate, but it's, it, it is unique. And I do try to educate as many other agents as I can and telling them mm-hmm. you guys need to invest in our local market and you should be taking advantage of what we have going on here. So you can do the same thing because I'm still a belief that anybody can do it. You just mm-hmm. have to put in the time and the effort and the risk. And it's worth it. It's, you know, it's, it's a very profitable, very good business and um, learning the business from the way we did from the ground up has been huge for us. Yeah. Yeah. So what does the portfolio look like now, Marie? At this time we have um, approximately 450 doors. Um, We're kind of all throughout Spokane County, Spokane Mm -hmm. city, um, all the way into Post Falls, Idaho. We got to where we were building these smaller units and then we get to where people were offering us some amounts of money, but then we would have to find something to buy. So I could 1031 that money 
hold on a second, you guys. I'm going to change this one. Yeah, no worries. Went from having these smaller four-unit complex locations that we could sell for a good amount and buy bigger places that we could build 10 units or 12 units or 15 mm-hmm. units. And now we've been able to buy lots big enough to build 60 plus units yeah. in different locations. And we still do some bulk locations where we do duplexes. That's kind of a unique, that in itself, the neighborhood basically was, we were able to pick up a neighborhood and it was a spot where we could build 12 to 18 duplex units. Mm -hmm. And it was in the same location that we bought another lot that we could build 80 doors at. So it worked for us to be in the same location to build something like this. So we did go ahead and do that. But we, again, we have everything from like my post falls location is just 18 doors. I've got several, um, complexes out in the valley that are 60 doors, 30 doors, 15 doors, and then out off the medical lake exit, which is mm-hmm. a cheating address. But yeah. by the fairway golf course, I, I have another close to 200 doors out there. So are these, um, are these all long-term rentals, any short-term rentals in there? Most of them are long-term rentals. It's worked out in my real estate business for people in my company or people that I know that need something interim for clients. Right. Um, we have a, we've had the demand and craziness in this market the last couple of years where people have to sell before they can buy. And that's turned into them needing temporary space. Um, generally speaking, I have stuff available at any mm-hmm. given time, even though my vacancy rates are below 3%. It's worked out almost always where I say, oh, you can move in here. And as long as they understand the circumstances. I have to do a lease with them. It doesn't have to be a six month or one year lease, but I could do a three year or three, excuse me, three month lease or mm-hmm. whatever's necessary for them to be in temporary housing so that they can make the transition into purchasing a home. That has been super helpful just because yeah. I do have the units available. Yeah, but that's a nice competitive 90, advantage. Yeah. It's, and like I said, it helps the people in my office as well as myself. Mm-hmm. So and otherwise, ninety-five percent plus of them are long-term. Mm-hmm. On the the invest real estate investment side of things, oh, as you scaled up, what curious as to what your your team looks like today? Because I mean, you, you can't manage four hundred and fifty doors all by yourself. Was, so, like, that what does that look question. like? Yeah, yeah. So we're very unique in this as well. Um, we got to about the point that we had seventy-five doors or so, and Joe mm-hmm. and I were doing everything. Yeah. And it was too much. I was getting busier not, in real estate. Not passive. Too much. What? Not passive at that point, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Definitely not feeling like a, this is passive investing. <laughs> yeah. So we um, we knew we had to hire someone. We had to figure out what was going to be the next thing for us. So we had um, a good friend actually of ours that was like, hey, you know, I, need, like, I see what you guys are doing. Do you need some help? And so the banking side of like, picking up rents, depositing into the right accounts and contacting tenants for walkthroughs and leases even. And so she took it on at that time. And at that time, it grew very quickly into 75 doors when she started. Within a year's time, we had like 130 doors and we knew we were going to have to, again, find more help. So we hired another gal who's property manager for us. We sat down with a couple of friends that had different systems in place. There's um, a program called Appfolio. Mm-hmm. We had never used it. We just said, what do you do for multiple doors? How is it managed? Show us what works. Um, again, without any mentorship or anything, we just had to learn it. And so we ended up ha- hiring 
again, that property manager and a handyman at that time, because my husband was running around like crazy, trying to build the units, trying to manage the units and trying to do as much as he could. So um, by the time we had the bookkeeper, the property manager and a handyman, we were running really smoothly until we hit 250 to 275 doors. And then it was like, okay, now we need more people. Yep. So we've got additional handyman. We've got an additional um, property manager now. And that's it. My husband, me, and five employees, basically. That's so awesome. <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting how you just realize, like you're, you went after the revenue first, right? The units first, and then you're able to kind of build the support afterwards. I do think um, what holds a lot of folks back is they're like, well, once I get this business or I get this property, right? Like, how am I going to manage it? Well, you, you'll figure it out, right? But like yeah. first secure the revenue, then backfill with systems. Yeah. Um, it's not traditional. Like I said, it's, it, it is unique and we realize it. we laugh at it in hindsight because of how it's been done and how blessed we've been and how it was built and what mm-hmm. it is now. Again, my biggest thing is telling other agents, anyone can do this. And I do realize it is harder now. It's harder with the cost of land, the cost of buildings, the cost of doing business now. Um, but it's still, if you have the opportunity to even start with one and mm-hmm. work slowly up, what it can do for you is so phenomenal. On your sort of like the real estate sales side, do you also have a team built out there? I do not. I, I had an assistant for a few years. I was lucky enough and blessed enough again to be within the top 1% of realtors for several years. I'm probably within the top 10% still, mm-hmm. but I am working just on my own. I do mentor a couple of younger agents. So it's nice that when something's going on, I can say, Hey, can you guys show these guys or can mm-hmm. I pay you a referral? Um, Cause I can't do it all anymore. I was selling mm-hmm. between 70 to 85 homes a year for several years. And it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I love real estate and I'm passionate about many sides of real estate, but I also, I have a family. I still have kids at home trying to balance it all out. I was seeing that I wasn't managing it as well as I wanted to, which meant I was the one that was lacking sleep and I was the one mm-hmm. that was trying to figure it all out. So um, I scaled back my business a bit. So I averaged more than 40, 45-ish sales a year is kind of what the last couple of years have been, um, which is still a significant amount of business yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's manageable for me. I'm very good multitasker. I'm very good at how my day starts and ends. Working from home has helped me because I'm running a load of laundry while the dishwasher is yeah. going and where <laughs> I get out the door, you know, um, I'm able to manage and schedule for myself more things and still do that level of business mm-hmm. successfully. I love the the intentionality. It's very clear that you have defined like what success is to you. Um, and especially in your real estate sales business, it sounds like you came to the conclusion that success for you right now isn't you know, that 70, 80 transactions a year. And right now it is that 40 to 50, maybe, and this time with your family. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to be the the highest, uh, you know, gross income on the tax return at the end of the year. What's that blend of those two things um, that's the right mix for you? It's interesting because when you first get into real estate, especially leaving a job I was making in Spokane at that time, I was making like $85,000 a year as a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um and I had wonderful benefits and all the right things. And so my thought was always, if I can make seventy-five dollars to $100,000 a year in real estate, I'll be fine. 
as I had more children, I had two more children and things got busier. The priorities were a little different. Plus I had the passive income from my rentals. You know, at that time, again, I'm trying to build my business. So I'm not saying no to a lot of things. I'm doing a lot of open houses. I'm building my sphere and my referral base. And I'm out there really working hard to get my business built up so that I had a good base per year that I could count on. Well, luckily for me, by year three is when I finally started making money in business. It took a couple of years um, in real estate, selling real estate, but it went so quickly after that, that it was great. But again, it spiraled into something I never expected it to be. And the problem is, is I always wanted my family to be number one and Mm -hmm. my business to be on number two. And so trying to, again, find that right balance. I'm very type A personality, very um, competitive with myself. So Mm -hmm. it was trying to figure out what was going to be the right, again, balance is the best way for me to put it, where I had to really take a step back and look at the big picture and realize doing what I was doing wasn't successful on all levels, even though it looked successful and it felt successful and the money was so great. My husband has a saying that not all money is good money. Mm. Um, And I'm a firm believer of that. I've seen both sides of this. And the harder part for me was backing off and having to say no to some things. I'm not very good at that. I want to be able to do it all and Mm -hmm. you just can't. But again, for me, the big thing was being able to balance the priorities of my family. My kids are still middle school to high school age. So I've got five five and a half years before they're done with school and going to be moving on with their next phase of life, hopefully college and their own families. And um, I want to be around for them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about real estate, it allows me to do my business during the day and then to manage schedules so that I can pick up the kids from school, be at their sporting events, be at the <clears throat> activities I need to be at. I'm not going to say that I'm always on time to everything, but (laughs) I do manage it pretty well to where I am predominantly with my children during the times that I need to be. And with my family, we're very traditional of sitting down and having dinner together when we can, when it's not as crazy as our schedule with sports is right now, but we are a very traditional family. I like us all to go to church on Sundays together. And I like us to realize what our blessings are and be a part of each other's lives, not just working so much that I have no idea what my kids are doing. That's just not what I wanted out of it. That's so yeah. good. It's, it is pretty amazing to hear you've had, you've had so much success, right? Like any, objectively, you know, anyone listening to this with 450 doors under management, right. And still selling 45 homes a year is a really great business. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for any agents listening, I think would immediately understand that, but then you have kind of the, the, the humility to say, even then, right, I still realize that there are kind of like, there are things that the business can't fulfill, mm-hmm. you know, like a, that, that that's actually not the point of, of life is to win awards and to have the, you know, the highest dollar amounts, but you know, the family is a priority. So it's really cool to hear you say that. Thank you. I think the other part for me too, is I've always been very involved with our community on different levels. Um, being a police officer, I still am uh, very much a, proud and loving supporter of our police departments and our police men and women around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was another reason I had to back off the level of business I was doing. I had to do the things that were near and dear to my heart so I can, the 
philanthropy side of me, um, mm-hmm. be involved, support my community, do some things on that end. There's, I'm on three different boards here in Spokane, one with our Spokane Police Department. I help a lot with the Spokane Chaplains Board. I still do a lot with uh, Family Promise of Spokane. And so again, find it and it, it's important and fulfilling for me to have this full plate of my family as the biggest portion, my business as a large portion and my philanthropy and community service as a portion. And again, you do have to look at the big picture and realize how can I make it all work? And I couldn't make it all work when I was doing 80 plus deals a year. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm very blessed that my husband and I see each other as partners. We're very, very supportive of each other. Um, To this day, we still call each other 10 times a day and bounce things off of each other between what's going on at job sites or kids or whatever the case may be. But um, he turned into, I got to, we got to a position that we got to let him retire from the police department in 2017. And the biggest obstacle, I've been wanting him to retire for a couple of years, but the biggest obstacle was our health benefits. Mm. It was so hard to go from yeah. such great health benefits at such an affordable level. We were paying $125 a month for everything to knowing we were going to be paying $1,200 a month for it to cover nothing. Yeah. Um, yep. And so the irony of that was here, he's still out fighting crime and doing the things I'm trying to get him away from. And that little piece was such a big factor. We had the income coming in, but it was it was the bigger risk for a long time. I don't know mm-hmm. how to explain it for us. It was the scary piece. Um, yeah, but yeah. as soon as he did, it was so great because he gets to take the kids to school every day and he works from eight to three. And then mm-hmm. he picks the kids up from school and he coaches the kids. He still answers his phone for the business side of it, but yep. it's let him build what we have now where we're in the process of another hundred doors that'll be done within the next year and pushing our portfolio over 500, which we never expected. And and I don't have a goal to grow it bigger. I just, right now we're like, well, what else are we going to do? We're good at this. And we know Mm -hmm. how to keep doing this. The affordability level has changed on what we buy. And again, we have a lot of people offering to buy what we've built, but if Mm -hmm. you don't have something to 1031 it into, it doesn't make sense tax-wise. There's a lot of things we think about for our future and what, where we will actually retire or where we plan to die so that Mm -hmm. tax wise, again, we're not hit so hard and our kids aren't affected by it. What the next steps are. There's a lot of questions in our mind. We still don't have guidance. We just have learned. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're leading us perfectly into our, our final question. Um, so you've built a, you know, a successful real estate investment business, a successful real estate sales business. Um, you know, you built a successful lifestyle, you know, along with those things. Um, so what, what's next? What, what does the future hold for you? That is the big question. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of conversations and prayer about, about this. It is, yeah. it's, it's tough. Again, the bigger part is we're not as diverse as we probably should be because mm-hmm. real estate has been so good to us and nothing else that we've looked into and researched does what real estate does for us. Yep. Um, so that's the bigger issue for us is trying to figure out, do we take on doing private money for people? Do we take mm-hmm. on building projects for other people? We never want to be in a position where we need someone to do the business that we do. We don't have outside investors. It's all mm-hmm. Joe and I. Um, and we want it to stay that way. I don't want my relationships 
either in business, my community, my friendships, my family ever affected by my business and mm-hmm. the decisions that I make to build the business that I have built. I have no one to blame but myself if something goes wrong and my husband. Um, and we know that. We know that about ourselves. The big thing is looking at where it's going to make sense next because after this project that we build next year, we're in a position where we don't have any outside uh, land to start the next project, but it's going to really affect us tax-wise if we're not building. So we got to figure out something. So I really don't know what that is because the biggest factor is most likely my current dynamic with the kids in school for five more years. We need Mm -hmm. to be here. We need to be planted. We need to get them through school and then figure out the next thing. That's the next phase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Marie, uh, we just want, I just want to say thank you so much um, for taking the time uh, to come on today and share with our, our listeners. Um, you've just done such a phenomenal job of, of giving back. I think that's one of the things I, I admire about you most. Um, I know my wife, uh, you know, her real estate career has uh, benefited uh, greatly by the investment that you, you know, made in her and taking the time to, to help her out. So, Personally, thank you. And then also thank you for hopping on and and sharing with the listeners today. Anytime. The biggest thing I can tell any, as I always say, uh, other investors and real estate agents, people within that realm, take advantage of these markets and find the things that you can invest in and start small. I started small with my first little house built up from there. And like I said, within the next year, I'm going to have over 520 doors. So you can do it. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah, thank you, Marie. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. It was nice to meet you. Take care. Bye, you guys. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.